Here's Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 91 of Curry in the Pot. I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back with another episode. I know it's been a little bit of a long time coming, but um, I'm definitely back again with another episode. It's your boy, Mike Curry. And uh, if you missed episode number 90, I had a very special guest. I had an interview with James Robinson, a former DeMatha basketball player, also played um, at the University of Pittsburgh, and he also uh, is now overseas. So... Uh, yeah, if you missed that one, make sure y'all go check that out. This is the first time I'm actually back recording since episode 81. This is the first time I'm back by myself. I've had, you know, a ton of guests. I've had, you know, the co-producer, B. Jones, who just checked into my IG live. B. Jones was good. Um, I had I had Bink, the 13-year-old phenom. He came through. Takira Carter, me and her been doing a lot of great work together. Uh, Courtney Tate even stopped by. Uh, we, did, we did one with Takira as well. Um, you know, a bunch of guest interviews, Adrian Branch, Mark Tillman, all those, uh, Zeke came through again. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's been a while since I recorded by myself, but those who, those are the people I've been working with closely. So I want to thank them, you know, for coming through and, you know, let's get to episode 91. So we got a lot to discuss. Um, I got notes today, guys. Uh, if you looking at me on IG live, I got notes and I never take notes. I just... I just do it off the top of the dome. So, I got some notes, and I want to start with this Anthony Davis trade. It sent, it sent, ooh, see, I'm rusty. It sent shockwaves around the NBA. I knew it was only a matter of time before it happened, honestly. And uh, I was really, you know, concerned, and I was really intrigued about what the compensation would be. And the compensation was Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first round picks. So I got the full details on the trade. And it's like I just mentioned. The three guys I just mentioned. The fourth pick. Top eight protected in 2021. Which becomes unprotected in 2022. <laughs> B. Jones said Anthony Davis going to wear 62. I personally think he might wear a single digit number. Or he might wear 21. I can see that. It's either going to be single digit or 21. I can't see him wearing 41. Like the Photoshop says. Or, I just can't, 62 B. Jones, you, you just trolling. But, um, like I was saying, the compensation in further detail is the top eight protected in 2021, which becomes unprotected in 20, 2022, unprotected swap in 2023, unprotected swap in 2025. So, I want to shout out to David Griffin. Uh, you know, president of basketball operations for the New Orleans Pelicans, formerly of the New, uh, mm, I'm just going to say New Orleans Cavs, Cleveland Cavaliers. He's with the Cavs. Uh, he took this year off. He got fired from that Cavaliers job. Now they fired Tyron Lue. And, you know, I don't know if he got fired or he stepped down, but I know he was, he was out for this past season. I thought the Lakers should have hired him. But, you know, that's neither here or there. Uh, but I got a shout out to David Griffin, who is the luckiest man Uh in front office and NBA front office period because he's been in like five lotteries and won four. So he's doing something right, man. He whatever he's doing in his life, he's doing something right. I don't know if he goes to church every Sunday. I don't know if he prays every day and every night. I don't know if he go to Bible study, but he's doing something right. So I gotta give credit when credit is due to David Griffin because 
he got some really good compensation. And I got a number of things to talk about on my list. My initial reaction when the news broke, I was driving. And um, I see um the Twitter. I follow Legion Hoops on Twitter and Woj. I think Woj's uh, notification had just went went back went by, and then Legion Hoops posted, and it was like the trade just happened. So I'm like, yo, like, oh my god. So like initially I was upset because I'm a big Lonzo guy, and I'm really gonna miss him. I'm gonna talk about that momentarily, but I was like, oh Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. I mean I knew. At some point, it was going to happen. Uh, some insider said, I don't know exactly who said it, but they said Lonzo Ball was the best asset in the trade, so he was going to get dealt regardless. I mean, I get why. I love Lonzo. A lot of pe- Some people think he's trash. Uh, some people think he's all right. Some people, you know, say he's a bust, you know, whatever. But I love Lonzo. And New Orleans, Pelicans, the fan base, y'all are going to love Lonzo. Y- y'all going to see why I love him. If he stays healthy, which is another thing I'm going to talk about. Um... Also, I wanted to, uh, you know, highlight what it means for the Lakers and what it means for the Pelicans. So what it means for the Lakers is they acquired another star that can play alongside LeBron James. You don't bring LeBron here if you're not going to add another superstar. And I think this is really good because, you know, Anthony Davis is a top 10 player, very talented player, like 27 and 12 type of dude. Give you three blocks, a couple steals. He can do it. And, um, you know, I think, you know, he's a, a good fit uh, next to LeBron. I don't know if he's a perfect fit. I do think he's a really good fit. I can't say perfect. But from a talent perspective, he will be the most talented player uh, besides, I don't know, it's kind of tough. I'll say the most talented big that LeBron has played with. He's more talented than Chris Bosh and Kevin Love. Those guys are really good. But Anthony Davis, uh, from a talent perspective, is just on an entirely different level. He's he's just that good. Um He's also 26 years old, so it means a lot. You know, when LeBron hangs it up, Anthony Davis will still be here. So that's really good. Um, And it also means, you know, they can go and chase another star. And I know the cap situation is a little messed up. You know, he can waive something and the Lakers will get more cap room. Um, But I think they can attract a third star. Is it going to be Kawhi, Kyrie, Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler? I'll say one of those three. I don't know. DeMarcus Cousins, I think they'll pick him up. I would like to see them, you know, use the rest of the cap, you know, sign a guy to the veterans minimum like a, a Danny Green. Um, don't get Carmelo Anthony at all. Um, Danny Green, Wesley Matthews, uh, Bogdanovich from the Pacers. He can shoot it. Uh, just surround these guys with three and D players. Uh, LeBron, he can have the ball in his hands a lot. But, um, you know, it remains to be seen what they're going to do. Are they going to attract a third star? I don't know. Um, but if you guys are tuned in on the IG Live, shout out to you. Um, at the Lakers Cup, too, by the way. But if you did, just tune in. Uh, I'm on IG Live. Uh, for those who are going to hear the podcast tomorrow, I'm currently on IG Live right now. You know, talking about the Anthony Davis trade. So, as I was saying, you know, you know it means the Lakers can go attract a third star. Uh, you know, guys would love to play with Anthony Davis and LeBron. You know, what was looking as a bit of a, I don't want to say, I don't want to curse, but, um, you know, a, cha- a chaotic situation. The Lakers really turned this thing around. And, um, you know, they got Anthony Davis. And I want to talk about what it means for the Pelicans. And I also want to talk about how the narrative changes when it comes to LeBron before I move on to the NBA Finals. Um, what it means for the Pelicans, it means a lot. 
Uh, they have the number one pick already. Uh, they have the number four pick now, so they're gonna have they're gonna have Zion. They, I'm pr- like a hundred. I'm a million percent sure they're gonna drive Zion. So you got Zion, you got Brandon Ingram, you got Josh Hart, you got Lonzo Ball, who I love, and you got Drew Holiday who's still on the roster. I think you know Drew Holiday. He may get moved. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I feel like that's something that's not being talked about, uh, but. If they keep him, if they don't keep him, you know, him and Lonzo Ball in the backcourt. It's a really good defensive backcourt. And uh, Drew Holiday can also score the ball as well. He's been an all-star, I think, maybe one or two times. But he can score it. Um, let's see. Like I just mentioned, those guys that the Lakers just sent over. Um, Jaleel Okafor, I think he's still there. Um, Julius Randle just declined his player option. He will be a free agent. Maybe they go sign him. I don't know. Maybe they resign. I don't know. But... Uh, you know, this team's going to be really good. Going to be exciting. I'm definitely going to be tuned in. You know, they get a, a guy who can pass the ball, Lonzo Ball, uh, play defense. Uh, you know, I love Lonzo. He does a lot of things in the box score. I'm going to say this over and over again. Guys are going to get tired of it. But Lonzo Ball does a lot of stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. He He's just that good. And then, you know, Brandon Ingram coming off averaging 18 points per game last season. You know, he's Brandon Ingram is still only 21. He turns 22 in September. So I think that's something to look at. You know, he's, he, he's all, yo, he's still growing. You don't, you don't, he, like, he can still hit another growth spurt. Crazy, crazy as it sounds, but he get that final growth spurt in his life. But he's still growing into his body if you look at him. You know, he's putting on a little bit more muscle, but he got a little bit of ways to go. But like I said, he's coming off a year where he averaged 18 points per game. I know the blood clock thing uh, may be an issue, but uh, they say, you know, it's under control. But, you know, we'll see. The Pelicans have a very nice, bright future. You know, they got a haul of draft picks. If Zion is everything that, you know, we believe he's going to be, that's that's a fantastic overhaul. And it's not really a true rebuild. It's more of a retool. So, like I said, you know, that's even if, you're re, if you consider rebuilding, what a great way to rebuild right there. With getting Zion, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram. Josh Hart can also start too. But, if, you know, if you bring Jay Hart off the bench, uh, assuming Drew Holiday's still there, you know, that's good, man. I, I, I love all three of those young guys, but it, it was just their time to go. So now I want to talk about how the narrative always changes when it comes to LeBron James and and the Lakers even. Oh, and shouts out to Rich Paul real quick before I talk about narrative. Shouts out to Rich Paul. I know it's been a lot said about, you know, him being the bad guy in this situation, but if you really look at it, you know, don't be biased and just look at it, you know, with a clear eye view. Rich Paul, he just did what an agent should do for their client. He got his client exactly what his client wanted. And Anthony Davis, you know, Anthony Davis wants to be that global star. He wants to get more popularity and more buzz. And Rich Paul did exactly that. He got Anthony Davis to where he wanted to be, the destination that he wanted to be, and that is in Los Angeles. And, you know, L.A. market helps. It's obviously, you know, a a landslide better than the New Orleans market, which is a small market. Uh, New Orleans is a great town. My boy B. Jones just went there. just came back from there. Um, But it ain't ain't L.A. It ain't Los Angeles. I can tell you that. I've been there, L.A., boy, and it's... Whew, it's a nice world out there. It's a, it's a different world. I, it's a different world. 
So, I say this to say that Rich Paul, he's not the bad guy in this. He got his client exactly what his client wanted. So, that's great. And shout out to Rob from District Live that just hopped in on the live. Uh, you guys are hearing this tomorrow or if you tune into the Instagram live right now. Shouts out to you. Uh, you know, you're getting a little early preview of episode 91. I'm not going to leave this up because I want people to go out and hear 91. But, um, yeah, if you hear, you hear. If you're not, you're not. Um, got the Lakers Cup too, so my man Rob can see. But I want to move on and I want to talk about how the narrative always changes when it comes to LeBron James and just the Lakers in general. So, you know, about a week or two ago, after the draft lottery had happened, well, that's going on a month. After the draft lottery had happened, people were saying, you know, yeah, they got the fourth pick, but it's kind of a three-player draft. I believe Collins, Colin Coward said this. Nick Wright said this. I wouldn't be surprised if Max Kellerman said this, too. I think he did say it. So they were saying, you know, this is a three-player draft. You know, Zion Williamson, John Morant, R.J. Barrett, you know. People were saying it's a crapshoot after that, which I disagree with. I like DeAndre Hunter. I like Jared Culver. I like Darius Garland, and I do like um, Bobo. I like him as well. Um, had to think about it. I like Bobo. So I like all of those guys, and, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. as well. Shout out to him. Um, but, yeah, people were saying, you know, this is a crapshoot after the top three, and I don't think so. But it's crazy. So people were saying, you know, Lonzo Ball, he's not even that good. Brandon Ingram, yeah, he's all right. And then... They say Josh Hart, you know, he's all right. He peaked this summer league. And then when the Lakers make the trade, they say the Lakers gave up too much. Well, how is that? Well, how is that? If you were just saying Alonzo Ball is just all right, or, or people even saying he was a bust, you saying Brandon Ingram, he's all right. You know, he, he could ball a little bit. And you're saying Josh Hart peaked in summer league. He didn't do nothing. So... Riddle me this: How, how did the how did the narrative change as soon as the Lakers got Anthony Davis? It's just like a narrative that is being created. Y'all don't want LeBron James to have another star. I feel like people are are being fearful, and um, I I feel like that's what it is. I feel like people are being fearful. They don't want LeBron to be great again. They don't want LeBron in the playoffs. They don't because they know when LeBron James is in the playoffs. He has a chance of taking that team far. Yes, he's in the Western Conference. But they know that him getting Anthony Davis is just the beginning. Like, it, free agency isn't even here yet. Free agency is two weeks away from tonight. So, I say this to say that the narrative always changes. And people are kind of afraid. I feel like people are afraid that LeBron's going to turn up. He's going to stay healthy. They want to say, you know, oh, Anthony Davis is always injured. They just want to, oh, he's going to turn him into a jump shooter. So, for people to say stuff like that, I want to put this into perspective and in the context, okay? Real quick. Anthony Davis played 56 games last year. He attempted 145 threes. Okay. James Harden took the most in the league. He took over 1,000. Steph Curry took about 800. But just listen to what I'm saying. Anthony Davis took 145 threes. He'd appeared in 56 games. You remember, uh, they shut him down. Uh, you know, he had a little injury or whatever, but they shut him down 
ultimately. He just he wanted to sit out. He didn't really want no part of it. It was it was an ugly, messy situation. You guys know all about it. So let's just say Andy Davis usually he never played in all eighty two. So let's just say he played in seventy five and seventy five the two seasons before. So let's just say and I could give you the numbers too. He played in seventy five and seven so let's just say he played seventy games. So I'm looking at the totals right now. And and 2017-2018 he attempted 162 threes the year before that took 134. So I say this to say that if he would have played in about at least 70 games, he probably would have shot give or take, let's just say buck 80, buck 90, 193. LeBron's not gonna turn Anthony Davis into a jump shooter. Let's talk about the pick and roll that could, that could be really deadly with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is one of the best rolling big men I've ever seen. Like, go look at the highlights before you just say, oh, LeBron's gonna turn him into a jump shooter. He's been shooting threes. He can shoot the three. That's not what he does best, but he can shoot the mid-range too. So if he's shooting mid-range jump shots, it's because he's been shooting them for a long time. So I just hate when people try to, you know, change the narrative and just say stuff just because it's LeBron. Like, it just doesn't make it. <laughs> Am I speaking facts? <laughs> Somebody give me amen. Somebody just say facts, Mike. Facts. Like, when y'all hear it, just say facts, bro. Like, damn. Or just like... Just think about what I'm saying. Like, you know, he wanted something. I, I know I am. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's backed up by research, and it's it's just what I know. I, I watch the game. I study it. You know, this is what I love to do. I love to talk about sports. So, of course, I'm going to watch the game, study it. And, and yes, I'm a big-time Lakers fan, but I'm not even being biased here. I'm just giving you guys the facts. Yes, LeBron James will be 35 next year. Uh, he is coming off. You know, he had a major groin injury, but... No, he's still LeBron, and Anthony Davis is going to give him some help. He's going to give him the consistent superstar help that he needs. And not to mention, you know, they can still get another guy. They can get some really good role players. They're going to get some shooters. Don't even – they're going to get some shooters. We don't even have to discuss this. They will find shooters. They will get them. Like I said before, Danny Green, Wesley Matthews. Um, I think Danny Green and Kawhi could be like a uh, – Packets together. They've been playing together for a while, but uh, it's neither here or there. Um, they're going to sign shooters. Don't be stupid. Don't kid yourself. There are some shooters out here. Seth Curry is another guy that's going to be out there. It's it's a, it's, it's a ton of shooters. I, I can't even begin to name the shooters that are going to be out there, but I just named a few of them. And I think, you know, some of those guys could be in the market. Uh, I think the Lakers could sign some of those guys. And I don't think it'll be hard to get guys to sign for the veterans minimum. It's LA. It's LeBron. It's AD. They may get a third, uh, third guy like Kimba, Kyrie, uh, maybe Jimmy Butler. I ain't, I ain't that fond of him, but he has a great story. But I'm not that fond of him as a basketball player. But no, shout out to Jimmy Butler. I ain't, I ain't hating. I ain't hating. I'm just, I'm just giving you my preference. I think Kawhi is sneaky though. I think you know, I think it could. I think Kawhi could happen. I think it could. Call me crazy, but at least you call me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, I'm having fun, man. I'm having fun on the live. <laughs> I'm 19 minutes in, and I haven't even talked about the finals yet. This is fun. I'm having a really good time in the studio by myself. But um, let's move on. I want to talk about the Toronto Raptors. And um, the Toronto Raptors are your 29, 2019 NBA champions. 
There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. We the North are now we the champions. The Raptors, the 2019 NBA champs. <laughs> Um, this is big. This is big. Um, I want to first say this about the Raptors and why I don't like them. But, you know, what they just did is great and it's monumental. The Raptors have always been a catfish team for years and years and years. You know, from getting swept by the Wizards a few years back. Um... Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan choking consistently in the playoffs. They got swept last year by LeBron. They was calling LeBron James LeBronto. Like, that's how much of a joke it was. Like, it was that bad. But then, they made some great drastic moves. And shouts out to Masai, Masai Ujiri, who rolled the dice. Masai Ujiri rolled the dice. He fired Dwayne Casey, who was coach of the year. Dwayne Casey was coach of the year. He fired him. Traded DeMar DeRozan, a guy who loved Toronto, loved being in Toronto, loved playing for the Raptors, a guy that wanted to be there. Remember, when he was a free agent, people were saying, you know, DeMar DeRozan may go back to Cali, play for the Lakers. He wanted to be in Toronto. He loved it. His family loved it. And... Masai Ujiri rolled the dice, fired Dwayne Casey, hired Nick Nurse, who was on the Raptors staff with Dwayne Casey, but was virtually unknown, worked his way up, was overseas coaching, came out of nowhere, rookie head coach. Nobody knew who Nick Nurse was. I didn't know who Nick Nurse was a couple of months ago. I would just say uh, the Raptors coach is doing a really good job, or I forget his name, but he's doing a good job. Masai Ujiri rolled the dice. Nick Nurse traded DeMar DeRozan, a player who loved everything about Toronto. A superstar. Well, not even a superstar. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to say superstar. It just rolled off my tongue. Okay. An all-star. All-star caliber player. All-star talent level guy. DeMar DeRozan who loved Toronto. Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady. Those guys didn't want to stay. DeMar DeRozan did. And he traded him. And... You know, looking back at it, it's a really good trade. You just traded, uh, you got Kawhi Leonard for DeMar DeRozan and Yaka Pirtle and a draft pick, which don't really matter anyways because you guys are going deep and deep in the playoffs and even became NBA champions. So I believe the Spurs have the last pick in the first round, which, you know, it's nothing. A gamble well worth. So shouts out to Masai Ujiri for rolling the dice. Nick Nurse, Kawhi Leonard, who won finals MVP. And I'm going to talk about Kawhi. And how he was spectacular. The whole playoff run was spectacular for Kawhi. And, you know, he even had some shaky moments in the finals. Like, you know, Golden State was making it tough for him. And you got to give credit to, you know, Steve Kerr and the, the coaching staff. Uh, you know, Mike Brown's on the staff, Ron Adams. You got to give credit when credit is due. And, um, you know, they did a good job. You know, Draymond's a good defender, excellent defender. Andre Godala's excellent defender. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they were making it tough for Kawhi. There was games where Kawhi, yeah, he would score 20-30, but it was hard 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was getting, like, 14, 16 points just at the free throw line. But he wasn't making shots. And I want to shout out to him, you know, because people, were, people thought he was faking an injury. And, 
know, that can be tough on a player. People calling you soft, they calling you weak, and they saying you faking an injury. But really, he was just protecting his health and his future. He didn't want to play. Something he he felt that it wasn't right for him to play. That's why he didn't play. It got ugly in San Antonio. Greg Popovich called him out. You know, saying, "Well, Kawhi's cleared. He's not playing, but he's cleared." And you know, I heard a couple of Spurs players were calling him out a little bit. And you know, it just got bad. But I got a shout out to Kawhi Leonard though, because he's a really quiet guy, quiet assassin. He plays the game the right way. You know. Excellent defender, the best two-way player we have in the NBA. And I just got a shout out to him because you know he's a really quiet guy. Uh, he's a fun, he's a funny dude, man. You know, to laugh. I got a cue to laugh in this podcast, but no, he's a funny guy, man. But I love Kawhi, man. He, you know, he just plays the game the right way, leads by example, not a very vocal guy, but he just plays the right way. And I got a shout out to Kawhi Leonard, who had an excellent, you know, playoff run and, you know, ultimately won finals MVP. Uh, next on my list, I got to apologize to Kyle Lowry. And um, I just have to because um, I called him out. I, I don't like Kyle Lowry. I always talk bad about him. Uh, you know, a couple episodes I had with Takira, I talk bad about him. Uh, with Bink, I talk bad about him. Um... <laughs> I got to apologize because he came the ball in game seven. He came the ball. He came the ball. And I'm trying to pull up the stats right in front of me. Uh, it's been a minute since the NBA Finals happened. But, um, you know, he balled out. He came He came to play in game seven. I can't. I, yes, I was bashing Kyle Lowry all playoffs. Rob just said it in the uh, IG live. Con- I was. I was because I don't think what he did in game seven is sustainable, but I was. I was getting on him because he he a catfish NBA player, bro. He That's what it is. That's what it is. But in game seven, he came to the ball. I believe he had like 14 with no misses. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he, like, he started off hot. I know that. He started off blazing hot, like. He wanted it. Kyle Lowry wanted it. And I'm just like, whoa, like, this is crazy. And, you know, he went from, he went from uh, missing, you know, the series uh, clinching shot in game five. Draymond got a little tip on in the game five to, like, being the hero and, like, being the spark. Like, Kyle Lowry... He came the ball, bro. In game six, he came the ball. And um, I got the numbers here. He finished the game with 26. Shot nine for 16. But I feel like that doesn't do justice to how well Kyle Lowry really played in that game. Siakam also played well in game six. He had 26. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, the finals MVP, had 22. I got a shout out to Fred Van Vliet. I was going to get there, too. Um, but I just wanted to apologize to Kyle Lowry before I move on. Next, I want to talk about Fred Van Vliet, a guy who was undrafted out of Wichita State. If you watch college basketball, uh, you know Wichita State has been a good, uh, you know, they've been making noise in the tournament for a couple of years. And uh, shout out to my boy Andrew that just tuned in. 
I'm uh, doing a right now, Andrew. Uh, you know, you just tuned in. I'm doing an NBA Finals recap. I did talk about the Anthony Davis trade. Um, you'll just hear it on the podcast tomorrow when I release it. But shout out to you for joining and tuning in. Um, I got a shout out to Fred Van Vliet, and that's B Jones's. That's B Jones's guy. My co-producer B Jones. That's that's his guy. He loved he loved Fred Van Vliet. Every time he scored, he kept texting me saying MVP. And I would just text him back saying, Kawhi coming to the Lakers. And B. Jones ain't like that. But Fred Van Vliet, a guy who, you know, was virtually unknown to casual fans. But if you watch basketball, you know who he is. Uh, and you know, if, if you've been watching the Raptors, you know who he is. And, um, yeah. He averaged 14 in the series, but he played well. He had Steph Curry running from him. It's it's on it's on Twitter, it's on YouTube. He had yo, he was switching off. <laughs> I think it was Sean Livingston. He like, yo, Livingston, come check Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> yo, like this really happened. And he was balling though. Shout out to him. It's like he was hitting all of these crazy shots. Like, he was hitting, like, dagger-type shots. Like, and, like, it was crazy. Like, I said he was giving me, like, J.J. Barea vibes. And even, like, Patty Mills vibes. Those are the vibes that I was getting from him. But, you know, in a way, you know, he's his own person. He, Fred Van Vliet, you know, undrafted guy. Spent some time in the G League. He balled out, man. Shouts out to him. And uh, shouts out to Patrick McCall, man. He three-peated, man. He, he got three rings, man. Shout out to Patrick McCall, man. We're not even going to talk about him, but I'm looking at the stats and looking at the numbers, and I see Patrick McCall. So, shout out to him, man. He three-peated, man. He got three rings. All right, what's next on the list? Oh, man. I've been waiting to do this. Steph Curry, I'm calling you out, and I've been calling you out. And I'm calling out all the Steph Curry lovers, too. You can come debate me. You can come holler at me. I'm in the pot once a week. I ain't hard to find either. You get my phone, hit me on Twitter, but I ain't hard to find. But I ain't backing down from what I'm about to say. Okay? Wardell Stephen Curry II. Gotta hit the government name. Wardell Stephen Curry II. Bro. Oh. No. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Um, Wardell Stephen Curry the second. Y'all hear? Y'all still? If y'all hear, just say yeah. Just say yeah. I got a call, but I'm I'm gonna return that. If y'all hear, just say yeah. If not, I'm gonna restart the live. But um, I gotta talk. And um, we just gotta have this conversation. That that, that call just threw me a little off guard. But I gotta talk. Steph Curry, when your team needed you most, you. We're absent. Um, the biggest shot you potentially take in your career, you missed it. We've seen you hit crazy game winners. You know, we've seen all of that. But when your team needed you most, you didn't You didn't step up to the challenge. You didn't deliver. And, um, like, you went cold at the end of the game. You went cold. Like, I know, I know, I know uh, he was getting trapped a lot. I know people are going to tell me that. He was getting trapped. Yes, he was. They were running boxing one. Yes, they were. Um, but, you know, people told me the second best point guard of all time. People told me 
a couple of years ago, he was better than LeBron. This was a legit statement said by credible people on credible platforms. They were saying that Steph Curry passed LeBron as the best player in the league. They were saying this. So I'm like, yo, if you're going to be this and that and what everybody say you was, you got to come with it. And when your team needed you most in a shot that you normally hit, you missed it. You had a clean look, a great look. You even hit shots tougher than that. And you didn't deliver. So, you know, people are going to say, yeah, he averaged 30. He have KD. Clay was out. Shout out to Clay Thompson. Shout out to Game 6 Clay. Game 6 Clay is... It's top five. You know what I'm saying? He had 30 points on 8 to 12 shooting before he went out with a torn ACL. Clay Thompson get well soon. I'm all over the place today. I'm, I'm having fun with it, though. I'm, I'm having fun with it. You got to have fun. Got to have fun. You know, everybody's going to say, Steph averaged 30 in the series. What more do you want him to do? I want him to be Steph. I want him to be the player they said he was going to be. Steph Curry is a career believe 42-43% shooter from the three-point line. He only shot 34% in the finals from three. Shot 41% from the field, but only shot 34% from the finals. Only area he shot great and spectacular is the area he always shoots well, and that's at the free-throw line. I give him some credit. He was getting to the line in his finals. Only missed three free-throws. 54-57. I'm looking at the numbers right now. But Steph Curry, 23 out of 67. From the three-point line, I mean, I mean, and that's good, you know, if you're not Steph Curry, you know, if you're like Contavious Caldwell-Pope, that's great to shoot 34%, you know what I'm saying? If you're Lonzo Ball, that's magnificent, boy. Bravo, you know what I'm saying? If you're shooting 34%, but you're Steph Curry. People told me he, he, he was the second best point guard. Some people even told me he was the best. They said, you know, if he would have won, you know, this fourth chip, he would have been better than Magic. That's just blasphemous. That's just crazy. And I know Magic was a 6'9 point guard, but come on now. Steph Curry, I've moved you to the third best point guard. I didn't even think you were the second best. People were trying to convince me that he was. But Isaiah Thomas is better than Steph Curry. He was the best player on the Bad Boys Pistons. You know what I'm saying? He was. He was. Um, So I wanted to not back down from what I've been saying about Steph. He's slightly overrated. The games that the Warriors did win, he didn't even play that great. Let's look at the let's look at the numbers, bro. I'm not backing down. Warriors won game two, and they won game five. Let's look at it. Let's look at it real quick, and then I then I gotta go smack at Draymond. Then I'm gonna wrap this thing up. So, Warriors won game two. Steph Curry was six of seventeen. That's not playing great. 23 points, and eight of those came from the free throw line. Okay, he didn't play great. He's plus 12 and a plus minus for you stat stat geeks, but he didn't play great in game two. They won, but uh, I feel like that was the game DeMarcus Cousins gave him a little spark. He had 11. Klay Thompson had 25. You know what I'm saying? He, and Quinn Cook hit shots. That's, that's, that's the game where Quinn Cook was hitting shots. He wasn't really hitting the series. But um, game two, you know, he didn't play that great. They won that game, but he didn't even play that great. So in the games that they did win, he wasn't that good. Let's look at game five. Let's, let's take a look. 
Got the stats right here. The game that they only won by one point. Steph Curry, 10 out of 23, 31 points. I mean, all right, I'm, that's not trash, but he was 5 of 14 on three. So, let me, let me say that. You know, 31 points, that's cool. But I don't know, man. But I feel like, I don't know. Oh, and let me say this about game six. Let me let me go back to this. Steph Curry, I know Klay Thompson went out, bro. But you wasted a prime Andre Iguodala game. And Rob and B. Jones, y'all see me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all see me. I, and y'all can go ahead and talk to me in the comments. But Steph Curry and the Warriors, they wasted a prime Andre Iguodala game in game six. Iggy was balling. Say what you want about Iguodala. He was balling in game six. He had 22 points. He was 3 of 6 on his threes. 9 of 15 from the field. Iggy was balling. Iggy was hooping. And Steph Curry, he had 21 points. 6 of 17. That's 35%. 3 of 11 on threes. That's 27%. People told me he was the second best point guard ever. People told me... A couple years ago, he's better than LeBron. People were saying that. This was a legit argument, conversation, like I just said, said by credible sources and news platforms, radio shows, all that good stuff. And last but not least, I want to talk about Draymond Green. And I'm at the filter in this that sound bite of him saying, go back to the Oracle, blah, 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 blah. When the next game, go back to Toronto. Win game five, come back to Oracle, win game six, and then celebrate. Oh, speaking of the Oracle, the Warriors lost the final three games in the Oracle arena that's been around for 47 years. And they didn't win a freaking game in the finals. They didn't win the last three games at the Oracle. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm up, I'm upset. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to cue that Draymond soundbite for y'all. I'm upset. It's because... I'm not even upset. I mean, you know, it's good to see the Warriors. You know, it's good to see someone else win. You know what I'm saying? But... Klay Thompson get well. It's a huge blow that he's going out with a torn ACL. Huge blow. Uh, he's... He's a great player. Klay Thompson is great. That's my favorite player on the Warriors. Um... KD, get well. Uh, I just want to, you know, in the debate, KD wanted to play. He's a hooper, bro. He's a baller. Uh, when the NBA lockout happened, KD was hooping at Goodman League. Wherever he could get a pickup game in. You know what I'm saying? That's just the type of dude KD is. So, no, I don't blame the Warriors. KD wanted to play. And, you know, get well to Kevin Durant. The game's going to miss you. But uh, the Golden State Warriors apparently are going to take care of you. And they're going to take care of Klay Thompson. Heard they're going to offer them both the max. Going to go through the luxury tax. And that's just what it is. But um, I want to thank everybody for listening. This was fun, man. This was fun. When's the last time I've been recording and I go 30, 30 plus minutes, 35 plus minutes talking by myself? It's been a while. It's been a while, so I want to thank everybody for listening. This is Mike Curry. Um, 
Shout out to everybody that's been rocking with me. Episode 91. I really, really appreciate all the love and support as always. I do. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, one last time. This is Mike Curry signing out. Episode number 91 is done. Lakers got AD. I'm out. Peace.